Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of On The Way Home. Perhaps you are sitting down with your coffee and listening, or perhaps you are on your way home. This is a great way to make that commute just go by in a flash by listening to the brilliant people we have on this podcast. Now, my name is Michael Braithwaite, and I have the great pleasure of working with the fantastic folks at uh, Blue Door. So Blue Door and our partners, the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness put on this podcast. Um, check out the great work they're doing at the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness at www.caeh.ca. Now my kids always say, you don't have to say that first part, dad, www. But listen, I'm going to anyways, because you know, just in case you forget, uh, moving forward, if you want to become a Built for Zero community, they have all sorts of training and information and ways you could get involved in ending homelessness across this country or support your organization in ending homelessness. Check them out. And of course, my organization, we do work in Peel region, York region, which is our main base, um, and Durham, right across the top of the GTA with our construction social enterprise construct, uh, with our housing programs at Blue Door, a transitional long-term support of our inclusion program, that's INN inclusion, which is for 2S LGBTQ plus youth supportive uh, semi-independent living, which is super cool. The only program of its sort north of Toronto, uh, and we hope to grow that. So great work happening at Blue Door and CAEH. That's not what we want to talk about today. We're here to talk with an incredible human being. Why? Well, you're going to find out. Um, and I'll tell you a little more about it as we, we talk. But I have Mark Boychuk with me today. Uh, Mark has been a previous guest on the predecessor podcast to this podcast, uh, Out of the Blue. Uh, incredible human being doing big things. And since I last talked to him a couple of years back, he's continued to do that. Um, and this is a guy, which we're going to hear about, saw an issue, took action, and has a full-time job in a totally different field. Mark, welcome to the pod. Hello, Michael. It's good to see you again and talk with you. And, uh, awesome. You wouldn't believe it, but a, lot, a lot's happened even since I've returned from Toronto. Yes, yes. And Mark has mentioned, we, we did a live podcast with Mark. You might have seen a little bit of it, uh, but we had some internet problems. So I said, let's get you back, man. People can't miss out on this. Uh, Mark, I'm going to ask you the first question we ask everyone who joins the podcast, and then we're going to hear more about you and your journey and the amazing work you're doing and maybe some tips on how to do that work in the type of community, if it's a rural community. Uh, but the first question is, what does home mean to you? Oh, that, that's a good question. You know, it's it's definitely changed over these last couple of years when I, um, I'm out on the streets or and, and handing somebody a coat or a blanket. And when I come home and, and it's warm and I'm safe and I can close the door, it's really changed what, what the meaning of home is. It's safety. It's, it's being able to be yourself and be safe in, in, in a spot that's yours. And, um, seeing the struggles that people have without one is it's to appreciate it some days not appreciate it but um you know i'm really really grateful i have one but it's it's hard to come home some days knowing some people are living in the rough and in such tough conditions yes and we were just talking uh before we started the podcast right now you are in peace river alberta where it is minus 40 you said yeah, with the wind today. So she's just under 30 with the, with some wind. So it's a little nippy when you have a river. That water there is a little cold. 
you know it's it's cool and we, we said it, it's definitely not shorts weather today um <laughs> my i listen my brother um i think he wears shorts until about uh minus 10 and then he you know he changes his pants but he is what we call that that true kind of canadian uh in denial but very very cool now, Mark, I want to tell a little bit of your story and your background because many people that come on this podcast are people that uh, full-time work uh, in this field, but that is not the case for you. In fact, when I saw you at the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness um, Conference in Toronto, you paid your own way to get there, and you do a lot of this work. This All this work that you do, which is tremendous, is on your own time. Tell us a little bit of your journey into this work, how you arrived to where you are now? Well, actually, I was I was able to get a scholarship from the, for the conference due to being a lived experience applicant. So that was kind of nice there. But I did have to take vacation from my job to attend. But uh, yeah, it's it's once I realized in our community that and and we live in a small rural community of just over just under seven thousand people. But uh, once I discovered there was people out there and absolutely zero supports, um, hard to swallow to to just sit back and do nothing. And so I was able to involve myself with a few organizations and get involved in some projects and learn and attend conferences and and, and uh, help support the C's here and um, start things in our community. So it, it's been a real honor and and a real journey to to just meet some of these amazing people that are struggling and learn from them and and just be where we are today with uh, the way our communities wrapping our arms around a lot of these issues well let, let's paint a picture of peace river alberta i'm sh- many people may not be familiar uh, and and so when people understand what homelessness looks like in the city of toronto city of vancouver city of Edmonton or Calgary, it's very different, right? You're in a very rural community, Peace River. Paint the picture of Peace River. And let's go back when you started, what services were around for people experiencing homelessness and what spurred you into action? Well, ironically, I did a little awareness campaign where I, of 2018, I slept out on the streets. But um, right prior to that, we had a, a violence in our post office and um when i slept on the streets that was one of two available spots a person could sleep to stay alive it was that or the atm machine next door Shortly after that they locked the doors at night in the um in the post office leaving only the atm uh, machine to for anybody to sleep in so um from there uh looked at how many people we had sleeping on the streets and and through our homeless estimation we had more people sleeping on the street any of 21 rural community did the study at the same time and so you know it's just, we have a prison here in our community as well which has often been used by our prosecutors who who were showing people compassion and and maybe sentencing somebody for six months on the down in in jail and our hot were run with people showing up and then so he was quickly able to just get uh the the means needed to get a shelter opened up uh 
right pronto to stop a lot of these people sleeping on the streets. People would be driving around in their cars, plugging in heaters, is disconnecting their outside plugins because they're being used to keep people alive. You know, it, it's a lot of those things and 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 what goes on in rural communities because we don't have people congregating now prior to this see them late at night when they felt it was safe to sneak into the post office or or at the atm machines and not only that the violence that they experienced sleeping in these spots because you know the bars get out and stuff like that and people uh, stumble across and so there was a lot of issues going on that were just unacceptable and and you know so you know we'd find people at campsites sleeping in their vehicles and and now that we open um just this week alone we just started going to three shifts so we've we've gone from having rural services to a shelter that's now being run 24 hours a day with addiction programs and caseworkers showing up and mental health workers showing up so we've we've gone gone a long ways here in a short period of time and and things are really picking up steam and, and looking hopeful so well mark you know what? What makes you an even better guy is you. You keep saying we and we. This started with you, my friend. You saw something. You took action. You continue to do that. And I think, like, if people understand, Peace River is like many rural communities throughout Canada. That hey, the services aren't here. And I think you've told me stories of even medically, if you need some services, psychiatric uh, support, etc. It's it's not right next door, right? It's a bit of a, a bit of a journey. Yeah. The, the- the closest, uh, if any mental health distress state, or, or they get um, through the Mental Health Act, they get formed, the, off, the RCMP are obligated to transport them to a designated facility, which is either two and a half hours away, or five, or even further, um, eight hours, almost eight hours away. So this is tying up a lot of RCMP officers in our community, and, and we specifically designed a task force to help work with the hospital and the, to resolve this issue and how we can approach the government for solutions. So it's, it's, it's a big issue for, you know, but it's not a big issue if it worked, but it's not working, Michael. And we're getting people not even going to the hospital now. So if you go to the hospital and self in, it's a whole nother story and, and there's no help available. So it's, you almost have to be arrested and transported to get to see a doctor around here if if you're in a real bad distressed state, and and so we're having a and our RCMP are handling over ninety percent of their cases now related um, these last couple of weeks. So they're being overwhelmed with mental health cases and and uh, with very little training to handle it. So we're trying to address the that issue province wide it's it's not just in our little rural community it's in every rural community at this time construct a social enterprise by blue door provides high quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater toronto area more than a business with a heart construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness through its eight-week paid skills trades training program complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about that because you've taken a different approach. Let's talk about the coordinated approach you've brought together the region and different communities to say, hey, let's work on this together. Can Walk me through that, how that all came about and what's happening that way and, and why. Okay, so I'm um, advocating by myself for quite a while and, and uh, really I, I with our, our health authority here. And so right before I was about to throw in the towel and have my last meeting with them, two other town council members uh, approached me and say, hey, I, I want to help you advocate for this. And I said, I was beyond excited. I said, wow, this is going to spark the idea. Like, why don't I get a town council member from every uh, that surrounds me? Because we have five different municipalities and councils that surround Peace River. And so that's, I presented at each one of these councils and it was overwhelmingly 100% success that they uh, allowed a councillor to attend these meetings. And um, we had one last night and and it's just amazing what a small group of people could do and and i realized that i needed a little help here you know there's some good government uh, around here that have got a lot of experience a lot of connections and i got them in a room together and boy we're, we're we've met the top chess we're meeting with the top levels of our government um, um we're advocating we're, we're getting groups to help us advocate now province-wide it's it's just really picking up steam and and we have the rcmp involved with us and our mental health association so we have all the people there that can really speak it to what the issues are so that we can uh, we can find out the the true and the most important issues and start dealing with the group and whereas before it was just always HS you need to fix this or government you need to fix we were coming at as a region as a community as businesses as as everybody as citizens and saying uh, we want to solve these issues and everybody's willing to pitch in and uh, it's it's you know, so far and it's, you know we're getting some amazing things happening here and uh, really looking forward to six like five years down the road well, that, and I think if people are learning from this, what I hear you saying too, and we've talked about this even with my organization is one voice sometimes doesn't carry that far. We have multiple voices from multiple sectors coming together as one to say this matters. You get a lot more momentum. Um, and and in your, it sounds like your group's very solution focused, right? It's not, hey, let's complain and point fingers. We need solutions. You think? Um, and what is the best solution? We're not even, you know, we're, we know that uh, we need to get the right people to make the right solution because we're, we're trying to attack some pretty complex issues right at the core and, and resolve those. So, you know, even when we talk about transporting um, uh, the, the patients with the RCMP in the room, do this, will this work? And they say no, because we have to look at the act because if they're formed, go. So we can't change our hospital designation or anything like that unless it's a designated site. So we're we're attacking the Mental Health Act province to redefine what kind of solutions we can come up with with smaller hospitals so that we don't have to transport these patients such long ways when we can connect them to psychiatrists through telehealth or or deal with the supports in the local area instead of shipping people five hours or eight hours away to a to a foreign community when they're in a mental health stress so we're, we're really excited about uh, who we've got and who we've met and the solutions we're, we're already coming up with 
Yeah, that is exciting. And you're, you're right. I mean, you're in distress. Uh, and not only are you using those resources, you're taking someone off the street for, and I'm sure in a small community, you know, having officers disappear for, for that long, uh, they don't have a, a plethora of, of people to take their place, right, and resources. But so, so, Mark, let me understand this, too. This is not your sector. You didn't go to school for this. You have a full-time job. Uh, how do you do it? Like, how many hours a week are you putting into this versus your life and full-time job yeah that, that that's a good I, I don't actually even keep track you know I, I i i wrote down the other day um all the organizations and the committees I was, and it kind of blew my mind because i was involved in in 20 groups and organizations around mental health or health of our area so uh, definitely uh, needs to be honed down a little bit as i'm, I'm Focusing mostly on this task force and housing in the shelter at this time, but um, you know, I, I work uh, shift work, so it allows me a lot of time at work. Um, I, I work twelve-hour shifts. I've been at my job for for over thirty-two years, and so I get a lot of vacation and a lot of days off. So, you know, it seems I have uh, I'm at work all the time, but um, you know, I do only work uh, half a month at a time with uh, turnover days. So it allows me a lot of time to get involved. Attend meetings through Zoom uh, has been really helpful and um, and to study. So it's it's not my second I, I, I'm very passionate about. And, and um, you know, I got into politics recently, as I was telling you as well, to, to see what I can do from the municipal viewpoint. And I believe that is the avenue to go. And, and that's kind of where is going, is getting all municipalities to advocate um, for the same thing for all of us and you know we can't just solve it at Peace River and push it to different communities we we have to solve it and keep going from there so um, I, you know it's it's some months I, I, I it's a full-time job and, and other times it's I get little lows which I enjoy and and, and take my time to research and, and do so but uh, um, it's it's definitely a passion and a full-time hobby of mine um, that I enjoy. And, and it's very rewarding to see us making ground. And uh, to tell you the truth, when I was in Toronto there, um, I lost a very close friend and co-worker to the mental health side there. And, you know, I was wondering, you know, what the heck am I even doing? Am I, <clears throat> am I making any headway? Am I doing any good? And, um, you know, later, that night I got a message from one of my peers I nominated and awarded the the Queen's Jubilee medal you know it just just was what I needed at that time because it, it it's, it's discouraging some days because uh, tough to see a lot of the suffering that goes on out there and it's I know I'm in it for the long haul but it's also a very slow process uh, the angles I'm working at it at so it's some days are harder than others but um, it's very rewarding in a lot of ways well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. It can get discouraging. And I, I've often talked about just lately, I was in uh, our men's program, our men's emergency shelter, and a guy told me that, or no, i sorry, he was our, our new, he had just moved over to our transitional housing, which was brand new. And he said, hey, you know what? I've been uh, involved in Blue Door a long time. In fact, I was in the original Porter Place, which is our men's emergency housing when it opened. 
market opened in 1989. This, this gentleman had been 30 plus years experiencing homelessness. You know, my first thing is we failed this, this guy. We failed him. Our system, myself, we failed him. We finally got him into transitional housing. But that's the silver lining I have to look at. We got to look at the small victories. You know, you're an incredible man, person doing great things. And every loss of life is tragic. And I'm so sorry for that loss of your friend. Condolences. Um, you're right. It can be. If if anyone deserves that Queen's Jubilee medal, it is absolutely you. Um, and you deserve all the medals, man. Um, <laughs> you, you really do. And we have to look at it. It's not an after-school special. I tell people that, you know, it, it's, it is tough stuff. It is slow moving. Look, uh, the experts tell us that this housing crisis didn't become a crisis until the 90s when government stepped out of building thousands of social housing units each year in the States and Canada. And you just saw homelessness skyrocket, right? It was a policy change and only good policy can fix bad policy, can fix this crisis. And that's what you're saying. Hey, let's get all the governments on, on board to do this. Um, you are making a difference, my friend, uh, you know, bit by bit, rallying people. Um, you're inspirational as well, I think, for others. To do things. Let's talk about that learning curve, too. So, you know, you first say, hey, I'm going to do this. And I hear you talking the lingo now, all this different kind of stuff. What, like, if you look at Mark 10 years ago to, to, to Mark now, uh, learning curves were pretty steep, I would guess. Oh, heck yes. Um, and, and that's the importance of collecting good data is you know i thought oh if we just do this and and i was very fortunate to learn that right in the get-go because you know um i didn't get it stuck in my head that i had all the solutions and 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 you know when i i talked to some people that were very well educated and and i didn't want to reinvent anything here but i also didn't want to do which which i've seen in other communities it's it's just amazing how how fluid actually what is even going on in our community even with how things have changed since covid you know prior to covid we only had five people a night in the shelter we have 17 to 20 people a night and the opioid crisis doubled since then and so you know just getting information and the right people to make that information i i've got no problem changing my mind the meeting we had last night you know we were almost on the wrong path trying to think if we just did this we could save our the people a lot of problems but you know we got to make sure that if we're doing or do any policy that we really get the right information and so that takes a lot of a lot of learning and, and a lot of study and so that's where i'm grateful i have some spare time at work and 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 technology nowadays we can download and listen to podcasts and and i've listened to almost all the blue door ones and make tons of notes when i'm I'm out at work there, and and so, yeah, the learning curve is is huge, um, and it changes on a regular basis on because it's such a complex issue, and we can't just solve one problem. You know, there's there's so many problems that we need to address. So, what's next? What are you working on now? What's what, what's the future? What would you like to see if when I talk to you in another year, and you're going to come back on the podcast? What what are some good things in the works? Well, um, I've been after supportive housing for a long time. So when I flew back uh, from Toronto, I, I had a wonderful meeting, meeting with uh, an organization called Mady Housing. And uh, they're looking at bringing up supportive housing up here. They're building more housing units here starting right away. And it, but it's the supportive housing angle that we really need. And so we another um, some other units that they're very interested in, in for supportive 
connecting, which would be massive. And they're connected. We connected them to to our friendship center and our women's shelters. So they're looking at how they can support those agencies there. We got our task force going that we're going to be standing up before all the municipalities um, here in January and February and and helping them. Shelter now open 24-7. So I'm looking at getting caseworkers and, and case plans in place. Now, for the guys that are showing up, we got, we've got got um, uh, meetings showing, you know, addictions meetings going on there. We've got support showing up in there. and. What's really exciting is we got our business community really heavily involved. Um, you know, they're really concerned because crime has, has been going rampant in our community, right? So we've now got community really supportive and involved in wanting to, to understand and help support all, all these issues, social issues, because as a community, we can't be healthy unless, you know, we're all healthy, right? And so now we're one big collaborative unit. It's amazing. We're, we're going to solve issues here it's it's just going to be i'm just looking forward to the future here with a ton of hope right from our town office how our council members are getting involved to our community and members our business community our our members all around us things are just just looking up and and looking amazing so i can't wait to see what next year brings let alone five years down the road well listen mark i i love your opti- uh, optimistic uh approach Thank you so much for your passion, your leadership, uh, for for your humanity. Um, I think it's so inspiring. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to come on. And and I think, you know, listen, folks listening to this podcast are going to be inspired. Often when I talk about this, people will say, what can I do? I feel like I could do nothing. I'm going to po- point and say, listen to Mark Boychuk. There's a guy that saw, you know, if it's and really live that whole, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Uh, and and made things happen. You're you're a humble man, uh, and one that we so appreciate. Thank you so much for your time, for all you do, for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you, thank you for those kind words, Michael, and I really appreciate your support and and all you guys do there. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk to you again. Listen, I, we have a lot of different people on this podcast, all doing amazing work, but this is a guy that works 12-hour shifts, that is a full-time job, that saw an issue in his community and it bothered him and he took action. He's a man of action. I talked to Mark a few years ago when things were just getting rolling and to see where he is today, I can't wait to talk to him in another year uh, you know, or five years. He's going to have supportive housing. I guarantee you that because he doesn't give up on it. Um, you know, like most leaders that I admire the most, he's so humble to a fault and give that guy all the medals is what I say. Um, just amazing and inspiring. You can do this. Yes, government plays a part in ending the homelessness crisis, but so do we as community members, right? Step up. If you can't do what Mark does, because that's pretty special, you know, write to your local politicians, your provincial politicians, your federal politicians, push policy action on creating affordable housing, get involved, be part of the solution. Mark you know, that is someone who said, if it's up to, if it's going to be, it's up to me. He took it by the reins. He's got it done. Uh, and we're so grateful for his actions and so inspired. Inspiring stories, uh, you know, solutions to challenging problems, all of this on every episode of On the Way Home. And I guarantee it will never change. We'll see you next time on the way home.
I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.